Welcome to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Here are your hosts, Joe and Kendall. That's right. Welcome back to the Elephants in the Room. This the last episode of the year, actually. It's Can you been believe it? a whole year. Not oh really. Goodness. We started in what, September and now it's <laughs> May. But if you go by the calendar and you know, started in a, a month later, whatever, it's kinda it's kinda like a year. It's a business year. Something like that. Yes. But anyways, we're back. Just me and Joe this week, no guest. Um, we wanted to have a really intimate last episode. <laughs> so um, it's just us two. Um, not a whole lot of news this week. Um, there was a Ukrainian drone strike on the Kremlin. Um, I like how I start with, there's not a whole lot of news, and then drop something <laughs> kind of major, um, as well as the fact that it's coming out now that lefty TikTok influencers um, have been apparently paid by the DNC. Um, and then we may conclude the episode with a little bit of talk about the show, actually, and what the the first, or no, we decided that, what what is this, season two, re- moving on to season three, whatever, yeah. the first couple of months of the show, what it's <laughs> what it's been like. So let's jump right into it, Joe. Absolutely. So, yeah, like you said, uh, some big news coming out of Moscow from uh, the time we uh, record this uh, this morning. Uh, but Wednesday, uh, Ukraine tried uh, Russia claimed that Wednesday uh, Ukraine tried to assassinate President Vladimir Putin in an overnight drone attack on the Kremlin. Um, allegations have been met with denial from Kiev, including uh, Vladimir Zelensky and furious demands for retaliation from nationalists in Moscow. Uh, this comes immediately after a Russian long-range missile campaign uh, of May 1st, uh, which targeted weapons depots and ammunition factories in Ukraine, um, at least Russia is saying, to a largely effective and successful result. Mm-hmm. Um, a video released by Russia appears to show an object approaching and exploding near the Kremlin, uh, seemingly missing any sort of a direct hit on the building. Uh, Moso is, Moscow is claiming the attack consisted of two drones which were both downed by Russia before they could inflict damage uh, to the building. Um, Ukrainian military officials said that the country had nothing to do with the alleged incident and suggest that it could be a false flag attack intended to be used as a pretext for a new Russian attack inside of Ukraine. According to three U.S. officials, the U.S. had no advance notice uh, if there was a drone attack against the Kremlin by Ukraine, uh, however, two of these officials expressed uh, skepticism that a drone could get that close to the Kremlin, given the fact that Russia has so many air defense systems protecting the city. Watch like a week or two from now, Joe Biden will make a joke about, oh, yeah, yeah, we totally don't know who, um, <laughs> definitely not our friends in Ukraine that, that bombed the Kremlin, um, like he did with Nord Stream 2 when he was like, oh, yeah, who, joking about <laughs> who did it, and very, very much implying that it was us. Um, we, can, we, can, we can acknowledge <laughs> that it's a, it's a pro-Ukraine group. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, I, I guarantee, yeah, that's, that's probably probably true. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, in an official statement, the Kremlin uh, said, quote, we view these actions as planned terrorist attacks uh, and an assassination attempt targeting the president carried out ahead of Victory Day. Um, Victory Day referring to the May 9th celebration of the Soviet Union's victory over Nazi Germany during World War II. You know, that it, that explains it. It was the Germans firing back. They're so angry. They're still, <laughs> they still hold a grudge, what, 70 years later that that they're they're sending drones to to Ukraine. Are, is Germany even allowed to have drones? Probably, probably not. I don't, I I don't know. I, don't, I feel like I feel like we might still have them on a tight leash. Probably, probably. Um, yeah, but uh, the Kremlin went on to state that quote Russia Russia reserves the right to take countermeasures wherever and whenever it deems appropriate. Um, 
So the statement is also making reference to the alleged terrorist activity orchestrated by Ukraine um, in their ongoing uh, war with Russia. Examples include the alleged use of a truck bomb to damage a bridge connecting Russia and Crimea uh, back in October of last year. Um, and then U.S. intelligence continuing to maintain the opinion that last year's sabotage of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline was carried out by a, quote, pro-Ukrainian group, hmm. which I tend to agree with this analysis, especially in regard to a very particular uh, $100 billion pro-Ukrainian group. That's mm-hmm. true. I wonder, let's just let's just work under the hypothesis, hypothesis that this attack on the Kremlin was um, by Ukraine for... For the time being, I wonder if that was all 100 billion. They like they put all 100 billion that we gave them into these like two drone bombs, and then send them, and they come up short. Yeah, don't worry, we'll send them. Don't worry, guys. As as an American, I can I can give you my word that we will send you more money. No worries, no worries. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the theory that um, the Ukrainians seem to be putting out there that um, this was made up by the Kremlin as justification for future action. Um, on the surface level, it's like, okay, that could be a compelling argument. That that would be something that, you know, Russia's probably not scared of doing. And I mean, the U.S. did it with, um, oh, I can't remember the ship's name, but in the Spanish-American War, when the ship blew up, they were like, it was the Spanish. We need to invade when it, oh, that, it that's probably alleged. wasn't the Spanish. That's alleged. You got to put alleged <laughs> in front of it or true. else Dominion's going to sue us for defamation or, or something. Maybe, maybe this is a little yeah. even more controversial, <laughs> but the, allegedly the oh, um, no. in Vietnam, that those ships, that, that, that was made up too. So not exactly an unheard of um, strategy, but... Why would Russia need to? I mean, as you said, they just concluded their long-range missile campaign. Why would they need to, like, make up, oh, now they bombed us, so we need to send more missiles? I feel like at this point in the war, you're sending missiles back and forth, and you don't really need to to morally justify yourselves. The funny thing is, I just read an article. It has nothing to do with this, but it was an opinion piece basically saying that, oh, Russia is losing the war. They're losing so bad that the Kremlin and Putin are probably now entertaining, uh, you know, how do they get out of this war how do they prepare for this humiliating defeat? If this was allegedly a false flag operation, like why would you want to incite more of an uh, more of a of an incentive to continue the war with Ukraine? Like if mm-hmm. this really was a false flag operation, yeah. why would you give another reason to be like, yeah, you know, we need to stay in this war if you know allegedly Russia is planning on preparing for this you know quote humiliating defeat? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of conflicting narratives, especially with this story. Um, I mean, you talked about the fact that U.S. intelligence thinks that uh, a drone couldn't even made it that far into Russia, given their um, strong air defenses. But at the same time, you keep hearing that, oh, Russia's Russia's military is not as strong as you think. Um, But then same thing. The Ukrainians, um, oh, they're they're so strong. But then the U.S. is like, oh, they no way they could even uh, make it that far. So something something's not quite right. Um, As we talked about a couple weeks ago with all the tanks failing, it seems like in general, just the world, not even specifically um, Ukraine or Russia, that our military capabilities are really not as strong as they see, with the exception of, I don't know, maybe China, because they haven't been um, majorly involved in a conflict like this. We haven't seen their their assets, military assets, used um, really in this large of a scale. But it seems like a lot of military things are not as strong as we think we are. And it's like people always joke about this becoming World War, Th- World War Three. Could it, could we even enter World War Three with the um, levels of decadation that all of our military tech has, both not even just the U.S., but 
the West as a whole. Not, um, not even like just with infrastructure, but like, I mean, I'm sure you've heard like recruitment numbers are yeah. way down. Yep. Yep. And like they're, they're basically lowering requirements and they continue to lower requirements so that they can like make up for this, mm-hmm. uh, this massive cut to the military that they're going to have to make because they're not getting as many people into it. It's a good thing everyone in it is vaccinated. Though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but even even you know, um, basically every U.S. history book when it gets to World War II talks about the the intense effort in the homeland of um, everybody going to work, anybody who wasn't at war, basically working in a factory, making making this military tech um, tech's probably a strong word for 1940s level um, military gear, but anyways, making um, warships, tanks, um, guns, bullets, whatever um, the the manufacturing response in the U.S. was extreme. That is not something that the yeah. U.S. would be capable of. Uh, we shipped all of our manufacturing, not even just military, which we've done that too, but shipped it to China. If we get it involved in any sort of military conflict, we do not have the capability to just <laughs> pump that stuff out like, um, like you know, we famously did in World War II. So um, all of this, lots of military stuff going on recently, you know, as would make sense with an active war going on, but not looking too bright and really in anyone's case you've been listening to elephants in the room on radio free hillsdale 101.7 fm we're your hosts kendall and joe moving on from ukraine we have something um a little a little less intense than war we have some news about tiktok is that right joe yeah believe it or not uh we've got some we've got some some things about about tiktok about some of our our dear beloved i, I would say rivals you know we we're reaching people uh, on you know the radio on Radio Free Hillsdale, uh, and you know we have a little bit. I mean, elephants in the room. What does that make you think of politically? I guess <laughs> that might be the audience we're reaching. But we've got on the other end of the spectrum our dear beloved rivals, uh, lefty TikTok influencers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're making they're coming into the news uh, as of late uh, on a sort of smaller scale uh, as potentially potentially being paid operatives by the DNC and we have we have more on that. So since Biden's election, many on the right have noted a seemingly manufactured nature, especially on TikTok of promo- of prominent young influencers vocal support of Biden as well as many other uh, establishment left politicians. Just to give you a taste of what we're talking about here, here is uh, Harry Sisson, uh, a popular TikTok influencer with nearly 700,000 followers on uh, why Biden is clearly, he's clearly the best candidate for 2024. The choice for the 2024 presidential election is already clear. We have President Biden, who's a good man, he's passed historic policy, and he cares about the American people. But what do the Republicans have? Donald Trump, the disgrace, twice impeached former president, who's been indicted. He tried to incite an insurrection at our Capitol. He tried to overturn a free and fair election. Yeah, let's stick with common sense and not conspiracy. Let's stick with fact and not fiction. And in 2024, we're going to reelect President Biden and we're going to finish the job. It's the left-wing TikTok version of Ben Shapiro. Who do they have? It's Donald Trump, the disgrace, twice impeached. Imagine that guy with a 22-minute slot like we have. Like, I, I wouldn't be able to listen to him. He's like, it's it's just a continuous, like, the mixture of, like, yelling at your audience. And then, like, it, it seems to have the timbre of, like, a little kid who's, like, trying to convince their mom why they should get 15 more minutes on the Xbox. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's – those are the type of people on TikTok that uh, are, are fierce rivals, I would say, uh, you know, intellectually, uh, I would, I would uh, <laughs> tentatively say. Um, but anyway uh, – Allegations have been cast that many of these uh, influencers 
are being compensated by the DNC or the Biden campaign indirectly as, quote, Democratic operatives to force the left's uh, political agenda to younger audiences and drum up enthusiasm among the youth, especially for Biden. You know, staying with Sisson, uh, here is his statement published earlier this week, uh, acknowledging and subsequently denying these allegations. So some MAGA trolls have been claiming that I'm a shill paid for by the DNC, and I don't actually believe what I say. If I've learned anything in my time making content on the internet, it's always a losing battle to feed the trolls, so I'm only going to address this once. I have never been paid by the DNC, ever. I suppose it's worth mentioning that I've never been paid by Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, or the deep state either. The best part is this grand conspiracy the liberal Illuminati has been hiding from them is literally just a Washington Post article. I, I'm just, I'm not going to lie. You're not really convinced me. Mom, mom, I have not, I have not been paid by the DNC. <laughs> I have not been paid by Joe Biden. But yeah, no, I mean, so, so there, there's his statement. Uh, Sisson published this statement, of course, on his TikTok, but also on his Twitter. And uh, here's where some of the, the little, the shenanigans get started. Uh, Twitter, which everybody knows, has always been an alt-right hub of, uh, quote, MAGA trolls, as Sisson says. Uh you know, it, uh, they 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 fact checked uh, his video. <laughs> Believe it or not, they fact checked his video, uh, saying in late 2022, the Biden campaign uh, connected with young social media influencers to draw voters in the 18 to 29 age bracket. Uh, the disclaimer cited the fact that Biden the Biden team has connected with hundreds of unpaid, uh, in, quote independent. Eh, <laughs> Uh, content creators, uh, which prob which prominently include people like Sishin, uh, and also uh, Vivian Tu, who has an account on TikTok, highly popular, uh, discussing financial topics. Uh, well, okay, these guys talk to Biden, but Twitter said they're unpaid, so so it's all good, right? Yeah. Just just like yeah. Sishin said, well, it's just an unpaid uh, unpaid internship, just an unpaid like, internship. Unfortunately, I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, unlike Kendall, this internship, this unpaid internship. Turns out it wasn't quite as unpaid as many quite think. I wish I, I bet you wish the same thing, Kendall. Uh, Twitter uh, again, as uh, I want everybody to know, a right wing ultra MAGA Q conspiracy mm -hmm. hub. True. Since its con uh, conception, uh, went to include uh, in the fact check that Sishin, uh, along with many other influencers, uh, is managed by a company called uh, Pallet Media, who receives funding in large part by the DNC. <laughs> Uh, so just to put that in perspective, within the last eight months, the media group has received over $800,000 from the DNC. Uh, and, you know, this is the people pushing a lot of these influencers who are independently meeting with Biden. Mm -hmm. so, well, it should have been it should have been clear pretty quickly when uh, immediately these influencers were like, no, none of us has <laughs> ever been paid by the DNC as if, like, literally some of them haven't been in the White House to do press stunts with Biden. Um, I mean, it's not like it's not like this is out of nowhere. It's not um, Joe accusing, saying, no, I've never been paid by Dr. Pepper because what, what reasoning would he have to be paid by Dr. Pepper? But, I mean, <laughs> if, 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 if on the other hand, me and Joe routinely were seen in ad reels for Dr. Pepper and then said, no, we've never been paid by Dr. Pepper. I, I don't know where I got this analogy, but um, <laughs> it seems like it fits maybe. Um, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I just got to say, like, how quickly I'd probably compromise on my values if I was offered a sponsorship. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, the, on, the only reason you can trust the reliable elephants in, in the room is because we're, we're unpaid. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I love how they were very direct about, like, well, we weren't paid by the Biden campaign or the DNC directly. 
like absolutely sure but like indirectly that's a whole different story you're coordinating sure. getting these talking points from the dnc and then through the channels that they set up for you you're getting your indirect payments to continue to push that stuff so you know crazy crazy stuff but uh it really makes you think the i mean i don't know i i think that like you can remove all of this and still be a little bit put off that like young people in the 18 to 29 age bracket have any sort of enthusiasm about Biden. Like, that's just, it's just made up. Mm -hmm. You've been listening to Elephants in the Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Unfortunately, for the last time for a couple months, we're your hosts, Kendall and Joe. Um, We figured that we would now spend some time to just talk about the show as a whole. Um, We start, our first episode released back on September 27th, 2022. Since then, we've had 22 episodes coincidence yeah it is um of these hopefully hopefully our audience well okay to be fair nobody on the radio probably even knows that our shows have titles um because we'd never mention them during the show but if you ever look at our show online at elephantsintheroom.transistor.fm um shameless plug uh you'll know that every episode we give a bit of a unique title um and it kind of came out from the first episode that we just take all of the stories that we talk about and mash them together and make some headline that is not true whatsoever. But they always, they always ring a little bit true. Um, so some of my personal favorites are from episode four. Alex Jones wrestles with quid pro Joe Biden for Hillsdale mayor. Really, really wrapped in every story we talked about there. There were like three or four that day, and all of them are in there. Um, episode 10, again, Alex Jones calls for rep- reparations after being out crazied by Kanye. Um, a little bit more recently, actually from this semester, episode 12, State of the Balloonion. Really, really short and sweet, but it, that, that's all we talked about, the, the State of the Union and that balloon that was flying around. Um, and then most recently, Dylan Mulvaney selected as Ukraine's new spokesperson. I'm that not going to lie. That's like the most realistic one we yeah, have. I could exactly very easily, I would very <laughs> easily see that becoming a reality soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, throughout this time, we've also had some some what I would call funny bits. I don't know if Believe anybody it or not, else we're would supposed agree. to be funny. Mm-hmm. That is one of the goals of this show. Um, can't say that we always achieve it. Um, <laughs> now that I'm looking at this, actually, Joe, these three audio clips that I pulled from older shows all come out from episodes two and three. It just um, shows the, the, the length that we've yep. fallen, the depths from which we, yeah. we are now. Two of which actually are our guests saying something funny and not even us. Um, so it really shows you where the value's at in this show. Um, but first up, from episode two, back when we had Gabe Gaynor on, and we were talking about, as we were talking about earlier in the show, um, the destruction of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. And uh, I, 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 I just hope that uh, there's going to be some popcorn left to enjoy the end of the world with you guys. Yeah. My mom shops at Nordstrom's all the time. <laughs> We've got the layered laughter. We we both laughed at it the first time, but it that was it was quite good. We need to get him as just a regular host. If he weren't a senior, um, about to graduate, unfortunately, he could he could be dropping bombs like that um, every week. And speaking of dropping bombs, comes our second quote, actually from one of us this time. Joe, um, I thought had something pretty funny to say. I don't know that all of our viewers did. This was followed by an unprecedented reaction in which Russia responded with the largest aerial attack since the start of the war, uh, using guided missiles to surgically take out key government infrastructure I in thought they, Kiev. I thought they vaulted guided missiles from <laughs> <laughs> The audience, any, like, audience base, Kendall. Get out of this guy. No. <laughs> well, they used uh, rockets from Fortnite. They uh, boogie-bombed uh, quite a bit of Kiev. <laughs> Oh, the the boogie bomb. I'm sure our audience, if there is one, probably um, is not quite aware 
of that. But um, some some good old Fortnite references. You really can never go wrong. Back in the back in the early days of the show, there was probably a Fortnite reference every episode. I hate to admit. Um, but again, coming from the very same episode, episode three, um, when Forrest and George joined us, and we discussed Hillsdale's Mock Rock in the homecoming week, and the Student Activities Board, or Bureau, or whatever they're called, um, George did one of our transitions so graciously, graciously for us. Um, we have that right here. So if all of you thought that our discussion about the corruptness of SAB <laughs> made you sick, just wait until you get to the discussion about COVID-19. <laughs> Joe, I'll let you take it from here. <laughs> You can tell you can tell that nobody actually listens to our episode because if anybody ever tried to publish a joke like that in the college's collegian or something, out out immediately. Oh, no way I you was could criticize say, SAB. Like, the fact that we didn't get any heat for that is yeah. like an accomplishment on our part, yeah. but also probably not because yeah, like you said, no one listens to the show. No, no, I was just saying a few um, a few weeks ago we actually got an email from the director of the the radio studio, Scott, uh, host of Radio Free Hillsdale Hour, pretty pretty successful show. He emailed us and he, he told us that we were doing a very good job of being funny all semester. And it was that day that I realized he has never listened to a single episode <laughs> of the show. Um, but anyways, we hope that you've enjoyed this one year. And I again, I say one year after like seven months, but this one year of Elephants in the Room. As always, you can find our previous episodes at elephantsintheroom.transistor.fm. Me and Joe will see or, well, you know, judging by the fact that we're sitting in a radio studio and can't see anyone else, um, we probably won't see you. But you'll you'll, you'll hear us. You'll hear us. You'll yep. hear us. In in August, assuming assuming all goes well. Yeah, and we don't get pulled off the air for you know not having a single listener mm-hmm. or not being funny at all. That, yeah, that's a real possibility. But don't tune back in next week because there won't be an episode next week. We hope to see you guys hear from. We hope that you hear from us in August. This has been Elephants in the Room.